This is the Bottom Right Corner Podcast, where we discuss sports from all around the Southeastern Conference. We are here to bring you insight and news about your favorite teams and sports in the bottom right corner of the USA, where we believe sports are king. Look, we've made it real simple for you. Just tune in once a week, and we'll fill you in on everything you need to know around the SEC. By the end of your commute home, we'll have you ready to argue with your girlfriend's parents about the game this weekend. Unbiased perspectives about the SEC with no extra fluff, so you can get back to listening to whatever song you want to jam out to in the car by yourself. We'll even give you our expert picks of the week, so you can win some extra grocery money for next week's tailgate. All right, well, welcome back to the Bottom Right Corner Podcast. Back here again, Zeke, it's been a while. It's Hayden here along with Zeke. Tell us how long it's been, Zeke. Uh, that's a good question, Hayden. Probably since SEC championship. Yeah, it's been time. it's been too long. We we missed basketball. We missed the start of baseball. But there has been a lot going on. Um, we didn't even get to talk about the national championship, but we all know how that good turned point. out. Uh, go dogs for all the dogs fans out there. Georgia got it done against Alabama. So, yeah, quite a quite a good ending to the SEC. Getting two teams in the national championship game, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a dramatic ending to a season that we kind of knew was playing out in that direction all season. Yeah. I mean, Georgia was just the dominant team all year, um, and it was just shocking to watch the SEC championship just debacle yeah, and complete com- yeah. collapse against a uh, Alabama team that really had been struggling in the past few games. They had, but, but hey, they got it around, they made it to the playoffs, they both took care of business in round one, and Georgia came out on top, ended, capped off like an amazing season. I mean, just great for Georgia, great for all the talent dogs fans. Talent wins. Yeah, talent Bottom wins, line, no talent doubt. Wins. No doubt. And speaking of talent, Zeke, brings us to what really everybody's on here for, what the tagline, the clickbait of this entire podcast is, Zeke. So we'll just go ahead and get straight into it. It's all about the Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban debacle public spat if you will whatever you want to call it there was a little bit of fighting going on right Zeke and we're here to talk about it and kind of we've had a little bit of time to digest it and we're just going to go ahead and get into it so first of all in case you've been living under a rock if you've been seeing any headlines such as CBS Sports Nick Saban Jimbo Fisher spat brings fire back to largely monotonous SEC amid Alabama-Georgia domination. Yahoo Sports, Jimbo Fisher unloads on Nick Saban. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. It really goes on and on. Nick Saban, Texas A&M bought every player on their team. Jackson State paid a guy $1 million. Jimbo Fisher annihilates narcissist Nick Saban over cheating accusations in wild press conference. So that's really, you know, the headline is all of those headlines. Um, And that's pretty much what happened, is that... Jimbo Fisher uh, was upset that something that Nick Saban had talked about in a basically an event held in Birmingham, Alabama, where Nick Saban started talking about the NIL. And I don't think he was maybe specifically trying to call out anybody. And he definitely says now that he wasn't. And I believe it. But Jimbo Fisher, head coach of Texas A&M, did not like that. So there's a lot to dive into, Zeke. A lot of name-calling, a lot of spatting, a lot of accusations from both sides. Little excerpt of what Nick Saban said. Uh, He said, I mean, we we were second in recruiting last year. 
A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, likeness. We, did, we didn't buy one player, all right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. Saban went on to say that his players made $3 million doing it the correct way last year, um, but that only 25 players on his team were able to leverage NIL opportunities in the first place. Uh, he isn't the first coach to call out the Aggies. Um, in February, head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin, said that Texas A&M was going to incur a luxury tax and how much they paid for their signing class. So, a lot there for Jimbo Fisher to kind of chew on throughout the months, and uh, this one just happened to be the one to put it over the edge. So let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of what Jimbo Fisher's had to say. This is just a few outtakes from his press conference that he had on Thursday morning. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. All right, Zeke. So the very first part, just talking about the kids, not coming after kids, stuff like that, talking, kind of defending himself there. Let's you, listen to the rest of what he has to you say know, about I, Nick I got to make a comment here. Go ahead. All I'm saying is when somebody gets defensive, it's always a you smelt it, you dealt it kind of situation, you know? So... So right off the bat, my initial gut reaction, guilty man talking, trying to make his whatever he did that was a little bit dirty sound a little bit better. So just right off the bat, I'm going to say guilty till proven innocent, Hayden. I hope that's okay. All right, okay. first impression. That's fine. First impression, I like it. All right, let's listen to the rest um, where he dives a little bit more into Nick Saban in Alabama. When he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way, the narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything, and it's a shame. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it, and it's despicable. Hmm. See, right. bringing up the kids... Yeah. Then going straight into a personal attack on who Nick Saban is as a person. Immediately yep. off the bat, I'm thinking, absolutely guilty. This is exactly what happens when I argue with my siblings. All right, <laughs> I start taking low blows. Hey, man. That's right. Hey, man, not the kids. You know, next day, you know. <laughs> hey, well, uh, that just is what it sounds like to me. He's just whining. He didn't even need to respond to this. He didn't even need to respond to this. No. He has the best class in college football. He won. He won, and he yeah. still feels the need to go on defense about this, in my opinion. Well, not only that, Zeke, don't you think he would have sounded less guilty not saying anything, in your opinion? No, he won. He won, dude. They did play by the rules. The NCAA is the one that dictates that. I just think that Nick Saban is a little bit upset. His uh, feathers are ruffled because he's trying to do things a certain way, and he's realizing that times are changing and that he's yeah. going to have to stay on top of the ball. And this is what Nick Saban has always done. He's always pivoted. He's always got that new coach in, that Lane Kiffin at one time. Yeah, that's that right. He, he pulls in guys that, that Steve Sarkeesian that uh, he knows he can get running, you know, full full throttle. Yeah, he sees the diamond in the rough, basically. And yeah. that's what Nick Saban does. He's 
been able to stay on top because he's adapted with the times. And this is his greatest challenge ever with these NIL deals because Alabama is not the richest school in the SEC. Texas A&M is the richest school in the yeah. SEC. They're double you're the size of the correct. university. So now all of a sudden you get the advantage because you just have a way bigger alumni and way bigger donors. Oh, yeah. So that's where we're at. Nick Saban's salty about it. And we're going to see this destroy college football in a lot of ways that we know it today um, as, it, as the game changes significantly. And I think that Nick Saban is just like with the spread offense when he hated the spread offense. He's just getting hit with this new wave of things changing. And uh, I, I think that that's Nick Saban's response. But it's hard, Hayden, not to listen to Jimbo and feel like he's defensive. Oh, 100%. It sounds completely defensive. And I think that you really hit the nail right on the head there talking about Texas A&M as a whole, right? I mean, their alumni, the amount of their alumni, the size of the pockets of their alumni, it's going to be tough to compete with. We knew this was coming. A lot of people said the same thing about Texas before we even knew that they were going to be in the SEC, which they will be. It looks like 2025 now. And California schools, right? This started this. Now, they don't care as much about it, but you've got a lot of money coming from USC, you know, and, and other places out, out, out west. So, yeah, it's definitely the, the, the landscape is changing. We called all this, you know, earlier. Everybody in the media did, everybody on Twitter and Facebook and talking to, you know, their neighbor across the fence. Everybody could see this coming. So it's nothing new, but you're right. Times are changing. This is one that's going to be a lot hard, harder to just sidestep by getting a new hire or doing this or doing that. Now, Alabama has its own donors. They've got money. They've got love and passion for football. It's one of the main things that that university cares about, period. So it's not going to be hard for them to pile together the money, but it won't be as easy, like you said, as a Texas A&M or a Texas or some other schools. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. And I think you're right. I think it's just a little worrisome now in Saban's defense completely. I agree that he probably shouldn't have came out and said it the way he said it, but I understand what he's saying, right? He's saying that he basically was saying times are changing and we're going to have to change too. He even said, uh, I don't know if we're going to, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. Now, Thursday afternoon around 4.30, Nick Saban went on Sirius XM on a talk show and said that he basically apologized but said that he didn't mean to call anybody out by name. He shouldn't have done that because he talked about Jackson State and Deion Sanders as well mm-hmm. um, paying to, to get a kid uh, there. And he said that he shouldn't have went after Texas A&M and he shouldn't have, shouldn't have went after Jackson State, but he was really just trying to make a broader, um, I guess, critique of the way things yeah, are going. Yeah. And so he, he, he said the right things. I know he got with his PR people after Jimbo Fisher's press conference, but I genuinely do believe that that's what he was trying to say originally. And also, this wasn't some major sporting event, by the way. This wasn't some... This wasn't even, he said some stuff at the coaching, uh, Alabama Coaching Association event, but this wasn't even that. This was more of an event where he was a speaker in Birmingham. So I don't think he was trying to get into the logistics of things. He should have said it a different way, but 
I understand what he was saying. And like you said, for Jimbo to come back the way he did sounded a little defensive to me. It sounded like they were trying to get out ahead of the curve, which is probably a good thing in some ways. Uh, but it just, I don't think it, he went about it the right way. The SEC uh, commissioner, Greg Sankey, actually publicly reprimanded both coaches, um, citing that basically it wasn't good. It didn't uphold the SEC standards of conduct and sportsmanship, um, and they weren't met by either of the coaches. Uh, so a public reprimand, Zeke, isn't really going to mean much. It basically is just saying that he doesn't like what they did, right? It doesn't yeah, really he just hold made any his further opinion. punishment. He just gave his opinion. That's all it yeah, is. So now basically. everyone's given their opinion. <laughs> But at the end of the day, Hayden, this is what we live for. We need yeah. Texas A&M to have a rivalry with Alabama. We need some other teams to step up, emerge on the scene, be a competitor for the national championship. The reason why college football feels like it's not, it doesn't have that juice that it had eight, nine years ago is because it's the same teams every single year running the table. So we need... More Texas A&M's, those newly emerging massive fan bases that can now buy a good team. I mean, let's face that's it, Hayden, exactly that's, right. this is what's going on. I mean, you can't yeah, beat that's around what's the happening. bush. Texas A&M did buy their team, but everybody has to buy their team. That's just the way it is now. And you know what? If you don't like it, well, you're probably the same person that said you wanted it. So, <laughs> you know, th- yeah, that's we, true. Th- we got what we're asking for, and it's going to change yeah. the sport entirely. Exactly. And no, I mean, you're right, and that's just how it's going to be. And if nothing else, if, if you if you're, you know, want to say that your school that you root for is doing it the right way, yada, 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 whatever, that's fine, possibly, but they're getting these deals together so that they can say, here, look what our player got last year, okay? Even if they're not coming to them with it, which most of them probably are coming to them, saying, here is what you'll get or here is like a range of what we can get for a top level athlete basically hinting at it but it's changing regardless it's not just you know oh this kid's really good and people want to buy his jersey so we should let him it's that it's way more to it than that and I'm okay with it personally because I got the argument what people were saying about those kids that are doing really well and should be able to profit but if you know that's the way you want it to go then which I'm okay with then you have to expect this too. I mean, that, that's just where this was headed. There will be more regulations, Zeke. They're going to try to fix this a little bit, um, but it won't it won't go away ever yeah. entirely yeah. as long as NIL is a thing. And I think it's obviously here to stay. You can't take it away now. I mean, it's it, that that's that's past. So that's that's just where we're at now, and that's how it's going to be. And I think one thing uh, about a new fan base and a new team, you know, stepping up to the plate to kind of challenge. Uh, you know, the the top dogs is that Georgia, you know, has done a good job since 2016, really, with Kirby Smart, or a decent job of competing with Alabama, but they were in the East, right? So they only met, you know, once every seven years, or in the SEC Championship, or in the National Championship, and now you have, you know, somebody that's going to be competing with Alabama, most likely, a little bit more frequently than maybe an LSU who would beat them every you know, couple of years or an Auburn who would beat them every couple of years. Um, you have somebody that's actually a threat to take that throne of the king of the SEC West. Also, I mean, let's not sleep on Arkansas is coming up. Ole Miss only had two losses in the SEC last year. I mean, so you've got a couple of other teams rising to that occasion, and Texas A&M doing what they did in recruiting last year 
is just an extra step to help get us to a well, more well-balanced SEC West and SEC as a whole. Well, nowadays, Hayden, I really don't expect great things out of players until they hit their junior year. Obviously, you have some freshman standouts and some sophomore players that you're like, wow, 1,000 yards rushing. Yeah. But were they dominant? Not really. But that junior year when you have a really good freshman class that's all matured together uh, to get to that third year, that's when things start clicking. So I really don't know that I expect great things out of A&M this year, although the, the past two seasons have been phenomenal for them. Yeah. Um, although the start to last season was pretty rough. Yeah, it was. But I, I don't know that we'll see the impact of this NIL thing until a couple of years. And I think yeah. Saban's getting his words out now because pretty soon A&M will be dancing on top of the world or at least make that playoff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, really kind of the last point in here is just I almost wish we could go back and if we were going to do this, right, anyways, I wish we could have sidestepped the transfer portal being what it is and becoming, you know, basically a free agency, as everyone says, yeah. for college football. Um, because the NIL by itself, you know, wouldn't have killed everything. But now you're going to have the NIL mixed with transferring. And so highest bidder, you can just go transfer to that school Eventually, the Hayden, very next year. We'll get to just mid-season trades, just like NFL. It's exactly. Just NFL. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But That's the thing exactly is, NFL happening. is actually run by a group of – I mean, excellence, honestly. I mean, yeah. you can say what you want about Roger Goodell, but they do a great job of maintaining the league and making things fair and making adjustments and listening to the fans. I mean, say what you want about it, but it's a well-run league. The NCAA is very poorly run. So how are they going to be able to manage what's about to come? There's so much corruption within the NCAA of donors that just get their opinions uh, to hold a lot more weight than they absolutely should. So I, at some point, the... NCAA is going to have to have a restructure for yeah. it to continue. Yeah, they're going to have to. It, it's yeah. basically going to – they're either going to have to do that or it's going to be a collapse of the NCAA and there won't be any use for it anymore. Uh, I don't see that happening. It's going to be more like they're just going to have to completely redo everything yeah. because it may you be have to have some sort of firm. Yeah, it, it probably will be. Um, but, yeah, it, it has to happen. And with the NIL and transfer portal combined, it's going to make it so much more difficult. And like you said about waiting for a player's junior year, I mean – how much does recruiting classes really matter? They still matter a lot, but when you can, then you know, you're not getting a lot of these guys for their junior years. Some of your standout players that make a big wave in their freshman or sophomore year are out of there uh, to somewhere that's going to play them. So you don't get to really develop. A coach that's great like Saban is going to have a, is having a harder time because some of his best players, the process that's what's been working, and it's hard to get these players to buy into the process. And that's tough. Dabo Sweeney, he didn't want to use the transfer portal because he wanted his own guys there that he's been molding and building and, you know, getting to a level and a discipline that he wants them to be at. But even he's suffering from it because that's just not the way it is. You have to adapt and you have to figure out how to make it work. That's all there is to it. All right, Zeke, any last thoughts? This is just going to be a short one. We just wanted to get out ahead of the curve here and kind of just really talk about the issue of today and what all happened and kind of what went down. So any last words or comments on college football as a whole? No, just stay tuned because there's going to be more drama this offseason. I mean, this is a totally different environment right now, and I think that there's a lot of kinks to work out before we've really figured it all out. You're right. It's going to be an offseason 
full of a lot of drama. Uh, last thing I'm going to end it on is Lane Kiffin was asked by Bruce Feldman, actually. He posted on Twitter um, kind of what were his thoughts about, about you know, everything that happened with Jimbo and, and uh, Nick Saban today. And his quote was, I think that I'm speechless for the first time in my entire life, which was a classic Joey Freshwater move right there. I liked that quote. Uh, but yeah, that's really it. It was an interesting day, kind of something good for a slow news day and a slow news week, especially in college football. But that is it, and we will see y'all next time, and we'll be having these much more regular again. Zeke, it's good to finally be getting back into the swing of things as college football is actually approaching now. So we will see y'all later, and thanks for tuning in. And it's all for Let's see all goodbye, Take my pride.